Welcome into the Leadership Legacy Podcast, where we interview influential leaders, learn the why, and how they turn their passions into progress that set them on the path to leaving their legacy. Welcome in to episode 19 of the Leadership Legacy Podcast. I am sitting with Whitley Dykes from Dumps Like a Truck. And we're going to talk about Dumps Like a Truck, and we're going to talk about Whitley and why he has a company called Dumps Like a Truck. So, Whitley, thanks for joining me, man. Tony, man, I'm really glad to be here, actually. It's kind of, I'm honored to be here, and I'm kind of like, it's kind of, interesting to be like, how do I get myself in these situations where it's like you go from, you know, being Joe Schmo and then like people actually want you to sit down and yeah. like have a conversation about leadership and, and your story yeah. and stuff. So it's pretty, I'm kind of amazed at how like God puts me in a position now to, to talk about stuff, you know? Yeah. So, the, the, yeah. God, yeah. The, <laughs> the intermingling that God puts us all through on this crazy, crazy trip we call life yeah, um, yeah. And, and just the, the connections that we're able to make yeah. just with with everything from eating good eating good dumplings to you know just talking about Jesus yeah. uh, it's it's fun yeah absolutely absolutely I you know it's, it's pretty interesting just having a food truck like being in the food industry in general like you get you get access to people you wouldn't have otherwise had access to oh, yeah. you know which uh-huh. is which is really really cool like you said we were talking about earlier before we started you know about the uh you're getting to sit down with people and hear their story and talk to what is their passion what are they what's the purpose that they serve you know and things yeah. like that and and just having a food truck and selling food you know which is, is more than a transaction for us like we oh, really yeah. want to be heart to heart and and connect with people and, and are really community driven you know yeah. trying to be impactful but that kind of thing just opens up doors for you to just meet all kinds of people yeah it's just, it's your platform yeah. i mean you get people come to you because your food's good and then there's a way that you can impact them directly with your food but then also the the deeper meaning behind dumps like a truck which right. we'll get into yeah um it's just so awesome <laughs> man um <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself where did you grow up mm-hmm. how did you get to auburn uh i was i was born in montgomery but I, my dad's from union springs bullet okay. county um i lived my first five years there don't remember any of it busted my head had this accident that's pretty much all i remember Dude, from those too. years did you really i did when i was like 11. yeah well, yeah, jacked up your skull, and I don't remember anything before then. That's crazy. <laughs> really, <laughs> serious, serious business playing backyard football. Mm. It was it was nuts. I, I was it was had to have emergency surgery and stuff. But oh gosh. Anyway, uh, moved. They moved us to out of Union Springs to Montgomery, and then my parents split. I think when I was about eight years old, uh, I moved with my mom and my sister to Prattville. My dad stayed in Montgomery, and then. From third to seventh grade, I was in Prattville. Then in eighth grade, before eighth grade, I moved to Auburn and ended up graduating Auburn High School in 2001 and uh, stayed here for college for about two years um, before I just called it quits because I hated school at that yeah. time. Yeah, school's no fun. It's, you know, for me, at that time, it was terrible. I ended yeah. up getting back in school and things yeah. like that. But 
but it just wasn't for me at that time. I felt like, because I was going to Southern Union, it felt like I was in 13th grade, <laughs> and I still see so many familiar faces, and I think I didn't realize like how much I just wanted to get out and experience the world. Mm -hmm. You know, I was kind of trapped by, by lack of finances and lack of, honestly, like lack of vision and lack of purpose in my life, and I think that actually, you know, I think inside was like, was like bubbling up, like I gotta get out of here and do something, and I think that manifested in, in me just like rebelling and not going yeah. to school, you know? So you so you're here in Auburn now. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of jobs did you have before? You, you talking earlier, we t you, you mentioned leaving a job to do to do this dumps like a truck. Mm -hmm. So what what were you doing before before you kind of had this calling? Cool. Here we go. All right, this is where it'll go. This is where we'll pick up from 2003, right? Yeah. So like I was. Or 2001, I graduated high school, dropped out of college in 2003, hated it, moved across the country, oh, you wow. know, okay. uh, just worked as a waiter and stuff, and just really built up a testimony for myself being stupid, like uh -huh. just making bad decisions and being just not a really good human being. I think if you looked at my demeanor, they're like, oh, he's a good dude. And I think I always had a decent heart, but it's like it just, I was just so selfish. And yeah. anyway, I ended up moving around the country a little bit and got back in college in 2006, and I knew I didn't want to come back to. Auburn because it was too small for me at that time and, mm -hmm. and once you get out and see stuff you're like I don't want to go back to my own small town and um, but I needed in-state tuition <laughs> so I went to UAB which was really good for me because it's a bigger city and mm -hmm. uh, explored some programs but, but finally just fell in love with international studies and I got to study a language um, I started with Spanish and then ended up just saying that's not strategic enough like trying to employ wisdom a little bit even yeah. though I feel like I didn't have much of that time you know and <laughs> yeah. um, I changed to Chinese right okay and it was around that time at like the end of 2007 beginning of 2008 that I had this like radical encounter with with God's love and um, I had I was just kind of I, I would like find myself at bars at like three o'clock in the morning just drinking by myself I had a girlfriend at the time and I was just not faithful mm -hmm. and um, you know, being promiscuous and all these things. Like I said, just really building a testimony, but just kind of digging a hole for my heart where I just felt so empty and miserable. But I always, literally always felt God saying, I'm calling you back, come back home, come mm -hmm. back home. His voice was always there. And it was in, but I think the end of 2007, where, you know, I tried to like, all right, I'm gonna start trying to go to church or something and like just meet this soul need that I have or clean myself up. And mm -hmm. I would try and of course I'd fall back into into to, to sin and all kinds of stuff. But but it was in two thousand eight, man, I just was I spent some time praying one night and it was like I had a vision and it was a very short vision. It was like maybe three seconds long, but it's like I I saw Christ crucified mm -hmm. and split second and like in that moment everything just changed i can't explain everything that i ever heard and that was in my head like finally made its way to my heart about like god loves me so much this is why he died for you and things like that mm -hmm. in that moment like everything changed i didn't become perfect but man that just radically transformed me and i just like the love that i experienced in that moment usually i'll, I'll start weeping when i'm telling this story because it's uh -huh. still i mean 10 11 years down the road it still just carries so much weight with me yeah. um but from that moment is when I just said, I can't have any more, like I can't live for anything else, like you you take all of me right now, whatever that looks like. And so the, the next few months I just spent digging into to scripture and like just really trying to search out who is God and like what's your heart and why do you love me and all these kinds of things. And mm -hmm. I got to study abroad and go to China in 2008 and, um, and when I was in China during that time, that's when I felt called to full-time ministry. Okay. And I'm like, God, I don't know what full-time ministry means. Does that mean I go to seminary? Just a very limited view at that time. But 
um, finished up that and then came back and finished up my last term. And during that whole time I was in my last term at UAB, I was praying like, God, what does this mean? And I heard very clearly in my spirit, it's like, don't stay here. I'm like, oh, snap, okay. So that means to go abroad, okay, so what do I do, right? And mm -hmm. anyway, he put some options on the table and, and through prayer and all that kind of stuff, I ended up going back to China as a missionary in 2009. And so in 2009, I joined an organization called ELIC. I had to raise some money and all that. I hate raising money oh, yeah. so bad. But I went back on a one-year commitment as doing missions. Ended up staying until 2016. Yeah, so before I started Dumps Like a Truck, I was in China for seven to eight years doing ministry and missions. Really just a season of wilderness season where like mm -hmm. I got to spend hours a day with God and like my heart just kind of meshed and became one with him. and I, I think it was a part of his plan oh, yeah. you know for that coming back to the states and everything because we had after I'd gotten married in 2010 and stuff I'm like you know what I think I'm gonna move back to the states eventually and you know but but he had me in this this wilderness season where I could just be with him mm -hmm. and like actually fall in love and, and it's you know that I had a, I know I had that encounter in 2007 2008 but I had like another just this this journey and it was hard my first year in missions. And then uh, in 2010, I had this, this, this moment where, because I was really into, deep into theology and really like trying to pay God back. Because I was, I, I was always aware that I was unworthy of His grace and how, mm -hmm. how, how He loved me and, and stuff. So I'd always try to live my life in such a way that I was paying Him back, you know, for something. Like, it's my duty. He deserves this, right? Mm -hmm. And that burned me out, even as a missionary. Oh, yeah. But in 2010, it's like, it's like I was turned on once more to the love of God and I'm reading Romans and you know it was it was for love that he became the sacrifice for us and just that simple truth right there revolutionized my pretty newfound relationship with God early on like my yeah. first year or two walking with God and since 2010 it's just been this romance uh, of yeah. walking and it was this season of wilderness of just being able to soak in God and 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 become one with his heart and and when I started carrying a real message about hope and who he is and what intimacy with God looks like and how the, you, you got to preserve the secret place and stuff. And so anyway, so <laughs> 2016, my wife and I moved back to the United States because we were like, you know what, we want to start a family. And we also think that we can be more impactful here and using our gifts, our talents and stuff than we are in China. So I moved back here in 2016. I thought Auburn would be a transient place, you mm -hmm. know, and it'd like take me to a bigger city. But um, a man, uh, that I'm close to, he's like, you know what, you should check out Auburn Global. I'm like, what the heck is Auburn Global? So I looked into it, saw a job description for an advisor um, for international students, and I was like, that's a perfect fit for me. Because we moved back here on faith, didn't have a job or anything like yeah. that, didn't have any savings, you know, doing missions work and, and education over there, you don't make a lot of money unless yeah. you start a school or something. So moved back and then got this job as an advisor, which was cool because my passions found an outlet, which is coaching people mm -hmm. and, and, you know, being, being a big brother to some of these students who were who were coming in international students first time living abroad things like that and so but then in february of this year i ended up leaving that job in order to pursue the food truck so it's a long 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 no, story but i feel like the background's kind of important. background's really important yeah um we were talking a little earlier about auburn global and for those who who don't know what auburn global is and you can you can touch on this as well, but it's it's an incredible program that Auburn University has, and I'm sure other universities have, um, where it's it's almost like a white glove service where mm -hmm. you're really taking international students who are coming into a country for the first time, probably huge language barrier. You're meeting them at the airport, bringing them in, you know, having having someone that can 
get them to the university, but not only just get them to the university, but help ingrain them in the, in the community and mm-hmm. show take them to where they need to go to get their groceries and stuff. It's a, it's a really cool program. But then on top of that, you have the educational support side of it as well. Yeah, um, yeah for real, absolutely, absolutely. It was, it was you know, in a prof- this is my first professional setting job. You know, because when mm-hmm. I, as soon as I graduated, you know, up to then it's like my job was like, oh, I was a waiter or doing something like that. But then I moved over to which which is great and it's on right I don't I don't yeah, that, yeah. that really trained me a lot of ways in people skills and and, and customer service and whatnot oh, yeah. um, I was like I didn't know how that was gonna translate over I'm like I've never actually worked for somebody because I would negotiate my own contracts in China after because uh-huh. I left my organization after the first year because I didn't want to raise money anymore I was like I can actually stay in the same city and do the exact same thing and like just love people and build relationships and have community and I don't even have to raise money for it. So that's yeah. what I, I took that route, you yeah. know. And so, um, but so this was my first professional job, and there were some road bumps, you know, some some bumps along the road, uh, yeah. on the way and stuff. But um, it was it was cool because, like I said, I had a it was an outlet for my passion, you know, which was just one on one. So I got to meet with students, the majority of whom were Chinese, but then students from countries like Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Pakistan, uh, United Arab Emirates, like these places where. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't have had access to them, you know, yeah. and so uh, just getting to build relationships with them and then coach them through life. Like, yeah. how do you navigate life in the United States when you've never been here before and you might not even speak the language very well? Yeah. So Auburn Global, Global itself has, has put a lot of amazing advisors and teachers and uh, just leadership in general uh, at Auburn University, and they just provide everything from language, the pathway program into Auburn University so that when they go full time to Auburn University they'll be successful. That's awesome. You know, they're amazing they're an amazing company and if I wasn't if I wasn't my own boss, me and my wife had this had this this talk, you know, I was like, I never want to work for anybody ever again. Yeah. If I don't have to, because it's 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 really cool what I'm getting to do, right? And fulfilling. Yeah. But I would go back to Shorelight Education, which is the mother company of Auburn Global. I'd go back to them in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's it's good to know that there are companies out there that really do have the best interests of the international students. I mean, in the United States, you know, we're not gonna get into political arguments or discussions or anything like that. But in the United States there's a there's an interesting immigrant uh, dynamic going on mm-hmm. um, and when you have universities and organizations like Shorelight and Auburn Global that are really trying to turn the turn the head on that and really you know try to show people compassion and love when they're coming in mm-hmm. um, you know hopefully that can help spark some some good debate going up the chain eventually one day yeah. um, absolutely absolutely and we've they ran into issues with border border things some of the closed countries students would get turned away you know <sighs> things like that it's uh, and we're even being married to a Chinese wife now there's a new pilot I don't know how new it is but you know unless you're immediate family you can't bring them over even when you're a citizen so like my wife when she becomes an American citizen because she only had who's Chinese by the way um, when she's only got a green card now but when she becomes a citizen like let's say something happens to her dad like she has no way of bringing her mom over because she's not not a child or or a spouse you know so we're like oh man like what's this gonna look like if if something happened you know so yeah, being on that side of things now, you know, yeah. I see all the students having trouble, and they were all worried, like, am I going to get kicked out of the country when all the stuff was happening last year, you know, mm-hmm. with, with immigration, with the borders and, and things, and but now we're on that side, and we're like, oh, man, what what would happen? And we're not people of fear whatsoever, but we're just yeah. thinking, like, we... you got to plan I, for the future. I want, my, I want my family with us, you know? We're yeah. very collectivistic people now, you know? Yeah. Like, I want my wife's family with us. We love them. Like, we, yeah. if they can ever move to the United States and live in our house with us, like, we're cool. Like, that's yeah. what we want, and we can 
from following you on social. They they were here for for a visit here recently. Mm -hmm. They're still here. They're still okay. here. They okay. leave Thursday. Okay, awesome. Yeah. yeah, and they're helping us a lot with the business, helping us get it off the ground because oh, yeah. you said it's a really new business. Yeah, it's so. really. I mean, it's been around. Okay. Um, um, how did you decide that you wanted to start a food truck, much less a food truck with the name Dumps like a truck? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna try to be concise. Uh, it, you know, it, when I moved back to Auburn. Um, I think it, I think it was just it kind of came together because of my experiences in China. Like I fell in love with dumplings. Like her mom uh -huh. made incredible dumplings, right? And so good. In 2014, I mean, I was posting like an Instagram picture, and there was this really cool picture of dumplings like on a tray that they were just doing at home. And I took a picture, and I was just hashtag, just practicing my hashtag game, yeah, and I'm yeah, like hashtag yeah. dumps like a truck because that's dumplings dumps like yeah, you know, people, absolutely. It's a, it's a slang term for dumplings in, in the United States. So I was like, oh, dumps like a truck, and then I told my wife, I was like, you know, that'd be a really cool name for like a food truck one day. This is in 2014 when I lived in China, right? <laughs> anyway, we moved. We didn't know what the future held but we moved back here and my exposure to settling down here in Auburn first and then my exposure like to all the Chinese students that were here mm -hmm. and seeing how they had to you know go across town to get any kind of authentic experience I'm like man there's really a need here for Chinese students to have authentic Chinese food that's accessible yeah. you know students especially mm -hmm. um, so we saw the need and the market for it um, and then we, we just kind of sat down and had, had a date, me and my wife, and we, we were talking about, okay, if we're going to go after anything, like starting our own business, we need to be able to um, meet, we want to feed Chinese people, but we also want to keep it something simple to where we don't stretch ourselves too thin and you have so many options. You, know, you want to be known and have a theme and have an Absolutely. identity, right? Uh -huh. And you also want locals to be able to get on board and we can introduce local cuisine to people who, you know, if you go to a Chinese restaurant, some people are like, okay, I'll order some, some, some dumplings, but it's, not, it's actually not that often. Um, we want to give them the true northeastern Dongbei, which means northeast mm -hmm. in China, Dongbei experience and uh, and just mm, feed American faces at the same yeah. time. So like all these things, but we're like, okay, but but if this business is all about us, like we're going to fail and we don't want the business. Like our, the reason for our existence is not to live for ourselves. We're, mm -hmm. No matter what we're doing every single day, it's like we're on mission, we're serving a purpose, we want to impact the world. Okay, how can we incorporate that into this food truck, right? Mm -hmm. And so the whole dumps like a truck thing, it's just, I mean, it just kind of all came together with there being a dumps and the whole dumps like a truck. I was just really enthralled with the name. I was like, that's got to be the name, but we have to have a cause attached to it to where it, it incorporates my passions for international missions, um, our passion for food, our passion for impacting the local community, and, mm -hmm. and also not just being having like heavy investment and lots of overhead in the beginning. So like, Honestly, I felt God was with us every single step of the way in the decision-making process and the ideas. And so we, uh, the ministry that we attached to it was in Third World Dumps. Um, so the Dumps stands for dumplings, and the Dumps mm -hmm. also stands for the Third World Dumps. Mm -hmm. And if you remember the Dumps Like a Truck, it comes, it's a line from an old Cisco song in like 99 or 2000 from mm -hmm. the Thong song, right? Oh, yeah. And, mm -hmm. You know, and so, but, but my wife and I wanted to put a redemptive spin on it. The original idea was, okay, we'll go to these Third World Dumps where these kids live and scavenge for survival, and they don't wear any shoes, and they could get cuts on their feet. And when they do, they don't have access to medical care, and then they could lose their foot, or they get an infection, and they can even die from something really simple like that. So we're like, you know what, I've, I've seen shoe ministries before, why don't we start a thong sandal ministry, you know, where we can, so we put a redemptive spin on the word thong and uh -huh. it started with saying we're going to put thong sandals on the feet of these children, but honestly, that's, that's the original idea, but since that time, it's kind of like, what good is it? I mean, shoes on the feet of children who live in scavenge in the dumps 
but they it doesn't solve their problem. You know, like we don't attack the root. And we're like, here's some shoes, now go back and enjoy your time in the dumps. Hopefully you don't get a cut. Yeah. You know, like how do we attack the root? So we did some research and found a, a nonprofit who works very closely with these kids who, it's really like a discipleship training program where they actually go into the dumps or these, these labor camps in the third world and they recruit these kids to like participate in their program and they do it all by their own will. Um, they give them a, uh, a uniform because a lot of these kids don't have anything. But uh-huh. they give them a uniform so they can know what it means to have a sense of responsibility, to take care of something, to, you know, but then yeah. they, they, they train them and equip them in, in character and integrity and what it looks like to serve your community and how, like, hey, you actually have a purpose. Your the surroundings, these dumps, this, this, this harsh labor camp doesn't define your purpose. Like, you're yeah. not limited to this. Mm-hmm. You can actually make an impact in the world even though it seems like you have nothing, right? Yeah. And so they're, so they're equipping these kids. But then they also have this program where if they get sponsored, they'll take these kids and they'll give them, they'll, it'll, the money that they would need, the reason they have to scavenge is because they don't have money, mm-hmm. right? Or they have to work in the camps is because, or in, in factories is because they don't have money. This covers that. So now they can actually be free to go to school, to get an education, to, to have their, to chase dreams basically, yeah. right? And then you can break the cycle of poverty. And by the time that happens and they graduate, guess what? They've already got these, they already know what it means to serve their fellow man. They already know what it means to make an impact and what it means to be a person of integrity and love and community driven, right? And so when success comes, they can pour back into that community. So as we see, like we're like, well, let's attack the root of this. And so we partner with that, with that organization. Yeah, I think that's so awesome. I think a lot of times um, people unknowingly will throw money at a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking that that's gonna that just throw money at it or throw a band-aid on it um, yeah. but when you when you're looking for a, for the cause of the problem mm-hmm. I think that's so much more I mean it's it's important to help everybody sometimes you do just have to throw money at the problem but going into the dumps by, with this organization and empowering these kids to change and to, to know that they can change their situation. And that's the name of it, is Empowering Young Warriors Asia. That's actually. awesome. So that's, that's their whole goal is Gosh, to empower people. So, yeah, and, and the cool thing about, about what we do with, you know, we give our tips and we give a portion of our, our profits to, to this ministry. And what we get to do is, like, we get the, a lot, of, a lot of the community members want to give their money to something worthwhile, but they don't know where to start or they don't know what's worthwhile. And yeah. we actually give them an outlet for that. So it's, it's cool to see that they know that by coming to eat with us, they're making a difference. They're getting some good food, but they're making a difference. But then you have people um, who, and I won't name drop or anything because I don't know if they'd want that. You know, they yeah. don't want their left hand to know what their right hand is doing. But, yeah. you know, somebody wrote us a $500 check the other day just to give to the kids. Yeah. And it's like, this is just, this is super cool. Or people leaving like extra big tips because they know that that money is going to go to the kids and they haven't, you know, like that's yeah. just, that's, you leave feeling good, you yeah. know, you leave feeling good. It's And then, then, you know, they're getting good food. They're, they're giving back. And then I know that when you and your wife are in the, in the truck and you're cooking and, and you're handing out the food and you see those big tips come in, you're just yeah. like, God, I know that this is the reason why you have me in Auburn this time. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and it all, it's it just all a validation. Yeah. Absolutely. A validation is a very good way to put it. You yeah. know, there's been, there's been lots of validations along the way, but, but day in and day out that we're on that truck, we experience that. Yeah. Yeah. I so, want to go back, man. I'm ready. The first trip was to the Philippines for this, for the business was actually back in March uh-huh. and February and March. And man, I hadn't been able to go back since we were planning to go back this next week. Mm-hmm. And you know, the timing of everything, my wife's 14 weeks pregnant yeah. now, we're going to open a to-go storefront. Yeah. It's like just the timing isn't, isn't working out. And yeah. I don't know, man, I'm just, I'm so, I'm itching to go back. Yeah. I'm, I'm like 
finances, Lord. Bring me yeah, some finances. Exactly. Maybe we can wait. My wife will be out of her first trimester. Maybe we'll go in October. So yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's a nice little, nice little ride on a plane. Yeah. It's not just to get there, you know, in a couple hours. I had two 12-hour flights to get there. I had a 12-hour flight to Istanbul, which I did on purpose. I mean, I could have spent more money and had more of a direct flight. But yeah. I was like, you know, I want to go spend some time in, in Turkey and go check out the mosques oh, yeah. and stuff oh over gosh, there. Yeah. So I went there and then, uh, yeah, went to, went to Manila and they took us around. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And Filipinos are incredible people. Oh, I can only imagine. I mean, incredible people. It doesn't matter, you know, poor or, you know, Poor or rich, they're all, it's almost like they're all really interested in you being there. Like one of the things I think is cool about having a biracial baby, <laughs> mixed blood I think is how you say it in Chinese, yeah. but um, our child, even though they're gonna grow up in the West unless God calls us elsewhere, is that they're gonna have that Chinese identity too. And so it's really, really important for them to know what it means to be Chinese and the, the incredible culture and history that that carries. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, I'm excited about that being an integral part of who my child is because I'm not Chinese, you know, I'm not yeah. a married Chinese person, but I, I can't imagine. I think it's going to be a beautiful thing, you know, yeah. it might create some identity crisis. Like, am I more, yeah. am I more white or am I more Chinese? Oh, God, or like, what's going six on? months in China, six months in the U.S., <laughs> six mm -hmm. months in the Philippines, you know, mm -hmm. somewhere. <laughs> but, I, but man, if, 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 our, if, if we raise our kids right and, and our children allow God to speak into their identity and really confirm who they are, you know, something that could be like an identity crisis or not really knowing who they are could really be empowering. And they can yeah. have double the impact on this oh, society God. and yeah. Chinese society. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's exciting. We're raised in warriors, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I mean you know, it's, 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 it's a hard day in, day out, mm -hmm. uh, raising kids. But, um, me and my wife are, are watching a, um, uh, a parenting, um, curriculum because we're thinking about doing a parenting small uh, small group in the fall mm -hmm. and it's talking about you know there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books on parenting mm -hmm. hundreds of books on parenting tons of curriculum on parenting there's there are very few there are a lot less verses in the Bible than there are curriculums out there mm -hmm. Gary Thomas speaks to that if we live our lives in a way that projects Christ yeah. we will have raised our kids if we just live if we just live it out there's always going to be the hard parts of parenting, but that was an interesting perspective. It's like, if I just do what God tells me to do yeah. and I follow him and my kids see that, mm -hmm. then yeah. God's got them. Yeah. And we're just stewards of them while they're, while they're in our house. And it's like, man, yeah. never, that's so good. Like, I heard that this morning. I'm like, that's, that's so good. Yeah. I was telling my wife, I was like, man, like I, I can't, and people I'm just like, when I think about holding a baby, I can't help, like, I, you know, <laughs> like, you know, we, <laughs> we always have these songs about Jesus, like, oh, way in a manger, and it's uh -huh. all about him being a bald-headed, you know, like, very gentle baby, but, like, he was, he was God's game plan. He was God's war strategy. Yeah, there you know was what I no mean? plan B. No yeah. plan, like, this is, this, this, he came to destroy the devil's works and to accomplish it. And so, like, when I think about, like, my kid, even yes, I'm gonna. I know that whenever my child comes, I'm gonna fall in love with my child, and I'm gonna get you know mushy over our child, uh -huh. our, ch our child, right? Uh -huh. But at the same time, I can't help but visualize, like, see a grown man or a grown woman, you know, because oh, yeah. and be like, this person's gonna be 20, 30, 40, and they're gonna be making decisions one day. And I don't mean like, like I, I don't mean for that to sound like, oh man, he's gonna be really strict. That's not what I mean. It's like I actually have this incredible privilege and responsibility to show this child what it means to walk with Christ on a daily basis you know, yeah. and what it means to be a person of impact. And from day one for them to know like you, you are a person that was brought here for a purpose, just like Jesus was, you yeah. know? And as the father sent Jesus, I send you, 
Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, and so like we're talking about birthdays and everything. Like, how are we going to handle birthdays? Because in, in the culture here, you know, it's really it's it just is what it is. In the yeah. South, especially, we we yeah, we're so happy that you're alive. We're so happy that you're here. You know, yeah. like I tell people, like they're like happy birthday to you. And I was like, I didn't do no but show up. Like I yeah. can't. It's not like yeah. I had any say in it, right? <laughs> yeah. But like and with our, <laughs> you know, I'm just kind yeah. of here. Thank my parents, you yeah. know. But like I. Of course, we're gonna we're gonna try to balance it where we celebrate their life and we let our children know like we are so glad that you are here and you make mm-hmm. we, we're just oh we're just so happy. But at the same time, like you're here for a purpose. And so like instead of like being somebody who receives gifts on their birthday, what is it like if you go be the gift to somebody yeah, on their birthday? Yeah, so yeah. like do service projects with our children mm-hmm. or like hey let's what if I put a gift in your hand, but that gift is for you to go give somebody else. So that way they're actually trained in their childhood. And as they grow up, they're like, man, I'm actually here for some, something bigger than myself. Yeah. You know, so these are the ideas that we're playing with. We don't have to have kids yet, but yeah. you know, no, this is, so you and your wife, are, tangents. Yeah. Tangents. So you, you and your wife are in this, are in this little, you know, food truck. Yeah. Day in and day out when you, when you are, when you are out there, whether you're at Orange Theory or, mm-hmm. you know, over on the, on the quad feeding, feeding Chinese students, or you're at Acre Restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that dyna- dynamic like, you know, working that closely to your wife on a, on a daily basis without getting, without getting you in trouble? Um, <laughs> she I mean, will, what, she, she's short. She's got a short attention span. She will not listen to this will, whole thing. Yeah. She's she like, ain't got time for all this. We're 20, 30 minutes in. She's like, <laughs> get it. Five minutes. I heard him. He did it. Great. Yeah, that's where he said he was going to be. That's <laughs> right. Um, but you know, what what's that dynamic mm. like? Her, is it her recipes, a family recipes? Mm. And then, yeah, yeah. Do you ever do you ever say, hey, maybe we should try this spice in there? And she's like, no, stay away. You know, what's that dynamic like? It's a combination of both. Like, first of all, I suck at cooking. So, like, you know, the funny thing is, is like, people see me and it's like, hey, it's the face of dumps. Like, hey, it's the dumps guy. It's the dumpster yeah. guy. Yeah. You know, it's the dump dumpling fella. And I'm like. That's cool because I'm, I'm like the PR, the marketing guy, mm-hmm. the, the guy who goes out and builds relationships with local businesses. I'm doing the thing that I'm skilled at and that I love to do, and that's build yeah. relationships with people, right? Yeah. And like, and, and win people. You yeah. know, I get to, that's, that's why if I ever went back to like Shorelight, I try to do recruiting because like, yeah. as much as I enjoy counseling and stuff, I can do that on it. I can meet one on one with men, young men any, you know, anytime, yeah. despite what my job is. You know, I don't want to, yeah. if I was to have another job, it'd probably be recruiting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's kind of uh, interesting too. As 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 Christians, we're basically recruiters, right? Yeah. We're supposed to be recruiters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a that's a cool you know dynamic. You talk about spiritual gifts, you yeah. know, recruiting and leadership and pastoring and mm-hmm. shepherding. Oh, yeah. Shepherding, yeah, yeah. 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 My, I'd say at the end of the day, my heart is to shepherd. Even if I'm gifted at this and that, like my heart is to shepherd. And people don't see behind the scenes, but like like my big prayer is to be a father. And I don't mean just like let me be a father to to my own children but like let me be a father to a generation so one of the prerequisites I put on God you know yeah. but not really but like for me to move back here and for me was I wanted to disciple young people college students yeah and within three months I got a random phone call it's like hey I got three guys moving to Auburn and I've been hanging with them for about six months to a year discipling them would you want to and I was like I ain't even got to pray about it absolutely yeah. and that just opened up doors so like God to picking up the phone and saying hey I'm sending you three golly right you know Damn, like so. and so me pouring into these people because I you know I might have a food truck and this is my job but that's my passion is yeah. to raise up you know a generation of people who are just desperately in love with God and want to leave that impact on the world just yeah. you know um, but 
anyway, uh, you know, with my wife, she it is her recipe, it's her mom's recipes, and we she she she's just very talented in the kitchen, so she just throws stuff together. This is this is a basic Chinese dish or a mix on things, mm-hmm. and it's just so good. And we determine together whether we're going to sell it. So we try to keep the main thing, the main thing: bao, dumplings, buns, and things like that. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm the biggest critic of our food. So if I'm like, this is off, the texture's off, or the taste is off, like I'll just, you know, she, she doesn't want to hear it, but she knows that it's, it really makes a difference for, yeah. for uh, the quality of the food and stuff. So, no, I, you know, she'll get me do some, doing some stuff in the kitchen, but she know I didn't leave a job to stay in a kitchen. That's not where my gifting is. So, and she's, I mean, she's great with people as well, but the dynamic, the way that it works, she's on that truck busting her butt doing stuff, and I'm on the truck like, dealing with the people and building relationships and taking money of course I gotta take some of that money you know yeah. <laughs> um, but like that's that's what I'm doing so it's, it's really a perfect fit for us yeah. and then with my wife she's just a very you know dynamic ambitious person she is so amb- she is the only reason we are where we are um, like for real like if she wasn't behind the scenes push like I said I, I was, that's where I was going with that is like people see my face but she, man, she's the workhorse you know like she's the one that's making moves and making things happen she's the reason the truck got built she's the reason we got the licenses she's the reason we got approval for this and that she's the reason that that she'd wake up at like three o'clock in the morning hit the kitchen and just start yeah. cooking and you're just like yeah. man she's she's the one i might be you might see my face but she's the one you know yeah and her parents oh my gosh like just the way that they've helped us out there's generous with their time and their energy mm-hmm. and their finances as well mm-hmm. you know i mean they we wouldn't be here for our parents and then key players along the way but yeah anyway my wife she's a bomb that's awesome yeah she's a bomb it's so it's so important i mean as entrepreneurs especially a team mm-hmm. is that you're both pushing each other and um, that you both see the end goal because there's going to be those early mornings and there's going to be those late nights mm-hmm. and um, uh, you've got to have that support network and and being able to work together mm-hmm. I, I know that that it can be trying on your marriage but oh man it's yeah. also like at the end of the day it it you're better for having been in that situation and it strengthens your marriage that's absolutely right that's absolutely right it can definitely be refining yeah at times especially with our personalities you know being here at church of the highlands you know it's you're familiar with the whole disc program like the personality di oh yeah c right and like my wife is a strong dude like she, <laughs> yeah. she is right but i'm like an s and an i right yeah. like almost equally so and and so like these where we just we play it we play on each other really really well but it Yes, at the end of the day, it can be very trying and very refining, but man, where else would I want to be except for like the person I love most in this world? Exactly. Like, I actually get to spend time with her in that capacity, and she grants, she's, of course, she grants me time away, you know, where she's like, she's like, go do your thing, mentor, mentor these young men, mm-hmm. hey, don't forget the secret place, go spend time in prayer, do this, because she knows yeah. the kind of man I'm going to be is always going to overflow out of that, you yeah. know, out of my, my purpose of yeah. walking with God. That's so important. Yeah, she's good. She's... She's good. What's next for dumps like a truck? Mm, mm. And you mentioned uh, there, you got a you got a, a storefront that you're kind of working on mm-hmm. um, here in, here in the Auburn area. Uh, what what's next? What's coming out of that? Maybe what's what's down the road? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> yeah, next step is getting the storefront going. It, we've had that place for almost three months, and just the work has come by so slowly. It's, it's just but you know as as from a business mindset, like we have to get this off the ground within the next month before the students come back. Yeah. And so, but, you know, I think there's a, the way that normal people do business, like a normal restaurant would be open five, six, even seven days a week. Like we, we want to be wise as business people and say, um, 
be open the right amount of time, but not at the same time be let let not the business control us. Like let's 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 control the business kind of thing. Yeah. And so we're we're wanting to keep the main. We never want to reduce our lives down to being business owners. That's a good thing, but it's just a tool. You know, it's a tool in the hands of God. Like we we want to steward this thing. We're thinking about opening for breakfast three or four times a week, having a set place, just doing breakfast four times a week, starting with that, take the truck out, do lunch occasionally, and do special events, but not kill ourselves working too much. You know, um, you know, if, if people like they show up and it's like, Monday you're not open, wait, Tuesday you're not open, what kind of business plan is this? This is stupid, you know, but it's our business plan, and we don't yeah. have to succumb to the pressure of doing things the way other people exactly. do. If we, if we set the blueprint, strong from the, very, from the beginning, very beginning then people know what to expect they're like oh they're open Wednesday through Saturday for and it breakfast. creates a demand that's it and well. increasing de- man people think it's crazy I mean, the reason we one of the reasons we sell out every single time almost is because like like we didn't open but one day last week and, and that's not because we don't want to open more it's because we got family stuff going on mm-hmm. and like I don't want to sacrifice my family stuff you know, and, and, and being present, being mm-hmm. in the now for, for selling food and making money. Like, I really believe the guy's going to bring the money because he yeah. knows our heart. And I, I really believe that the money's going to come because he knows what we're going to do with it. Like, we want money so we can give money. Like, at the end of the day, that's what we want to do. We yeah. want to be generous. We want to impact the community and we want to impact the world as well. Like, that being the case, he's not going to withhold things from us because he can he can trust us with it. You know what I mean? Exactly. And we bear his heart. So. Next step is getting that up and running, uh, really coming up with a very strategic game plan about what, what the, taking the truck out will look like, you know, what the menu options are going to be, um, so that we don't, you know, oversaturate, you know, we don't want to give people too much of what we can. <laughs> if that makes sense, you know, we want, we want the demand to stay there. If we offer the same thing every single day, then the food truck would actually lose its appeal, right, in, yeah. in, in a sense. And so um, that, and then we got to bring on some help. And then honestly, maybe even starting a nonprofit later on down the road. So we're, we're partnering with this amazing organization in Southeast Asia, but, but actually having our own organization, I think would, would be probably ideal. Yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, like I just, dude, is, if we can get people to actually run, like I'll, I think I'll always be there at the store yeah. or on the truck. I think that's always going to be an important part to what we do. My wife was like, I want an empire of food trucks. And think about the difference we can make if we have 100 food trucks across the United States. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, great. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And she'll probably make it happen, you know. But, yeah. but uh, and especially if they have to carry the model of giving their money away to the to a cause. Yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, and they're cause-driven as well. So Create that in the franchise agreement. <laughs> right, right. And they have to. <laughs> right. So I... Honestly, the next step, the major step, is finding some good help, and and uh, getting ready for football season. Getting yeah. ready for the students to come back in football season, and then we'll we'll see how can we how can we pr- be present in the dumps of the mm-hmm. Philippines and other of some of those other countries over there. Um, but also how to you know manage yeah. manage the business and my time here as well. So, what's the biggest uh, <clears throat> barrier that you're facing right now? In, in terms of the business, in terms of that storefront, like, is it is it just time, or is it mm-hmm. is it is it money, you know, to, to get that open the way you want it? Mm-hmm. I know there was a business there before, mm-hmm. and you had to clean up a lot of stuff that was there from the business <laughs> yeah. before. Yeah. Um, but what's the is it is it just having the time to do it? It's um, it's time and it's money. If we had the money, we could pay somebody to get it done. It'd be done in a week, okay. for real. But it's a it's a, a lack of a lack of time. Um, we have people coming out and saying, "Hey, man, like I want to help you," yeah. and then people will come and help. But it's 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 really far, you know, between. Like it's it's just not consistent enough to where we can actually get it done in, in the amount of time that it could actually be done. And for me to, and I'm not skilled. I'm not a plumber. Yeah. I, 
suck at constructing things or you know I can clean things and scrape things that's pretty yeah. cool but, but I think it's this combination of time and capital like we don't want to borrow money mm-hmm. you know we want to be uh, extremely honorable with our finances and, and some people of course it takes money to make money yeah. you know and but we just don't want to put ourselves more in because I got student loans man yeah. I don't want to put myself more in debt to get this thing off the ground so we really take that like church the highlands approach you know with how yeah. they go off a 90% of the budget from the previous year you know yeah. and and then they're always and they, they only, only spend, spend the money 50% with, of that they yeah. only spend 50% of it yeah. but it covers everything that they need and they yeah. only do it if they they have only the cash have the cash for it and so that's what we're that's what we're trying to do we're trying to be wise and not you know we're not trying to get too big for our britches man we don't you know, I think the way to go right now is mobile anyway. So I was like, honestly, we got a, a two-year lease on this place. If that goes to if that goes to crap and the restaurant, let's say the the, the brick and mortar to go restaurant doesn't work, guess what? We got the food truck. We're going we're going to be straight. You know, like yeah. Um, yeah. we don't we don't need that. This is kind of a test for us to see how that how that would go. And I think two of the major things that that are going to be that we're really going to get to see is how much do we get to really cater to the Chinese students, you know, because they're the ones who buy up the breakfast mostly. And yeah. so, and then once we open up for dinner and start doing Chinese barbecue more and, and things like that, I think we're going to see a really major, you know, impact on our sales. The sales, the sales will go up. The Chinese yeah. students love just the authentic food. And it's like the only place they can really get it. Right. Yeah. And number two is like the, the storefront's going to serve as like a community center. Like, we're gonna set it, even though it's a go place. Like we want seats where people can come in and have some coffee with me. Uh, you know, instead of saying, like, "Hey, let's go to Chick Fil A and like let's have breakfast," like with one of the guys, like a disciple or mentor or whatever. Say, like, "Hey, come over to my shop." Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and in uh, starting community projects, because we want, you know, like our church, of the Highlands has their serve day, right? You mm-hmm. know, once the big one once a, uh, once a year, but then like every every uh, first Saturday, right? They have a serve day and they go out in the community, like. That's people who belong to the church. I want people who don't belong to the church. I want, you know, I want people, I want uh, Miss Sally Mae over there who does not know the Lord and who's just aching to understand what her purpose and her, I, yeah. you know, who she is. And I think there's no better way to do that than to like through your, through your hands, you know, like yeah. if you actually start giving, giving away and start exercising your DNA and serving other people, because you're, you know, mm-hmm. if Jesus came to serve and not be served, like how much more like us, right? Yeah. And like we yeah. tap into our identity when we start serving. And so like, these people, I don't care if they know the Lord or not, but man, they're going to be impacted by going out and doing stuff. That's why, like when we when we're talking about going back to the Philippines, we're opening it up to whoever wants to come. I don't, you know, gangsters. I don't. I don't care who you yeah. are. Come over and see these kids and serve these kids, and I guarantee you, by the time you leave, you will have encountered the love of God so strongly that your life will be changed. Yeah, you know what I mean. So man. we we want to impact the community on a personal, one-on-one, individual level, but also like I, we want it to make a difference. We want yeah. the people who support our business, our dumpsters, you know, that we call them, our dumpsters, to like go out and make a difference. Yeah. Dumpsters for a difference. There we go. That's a new T-shirt. Yeah. I like so, it. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. What's been the What's been the hardest thing so far in, in starting a food truck? starting a business um man the hardest thing i don't know i think just just being stuck in my head just wondering if we're making the right decision with mm-hmm. you know uh with should we be selling more you know should we um should we take this event how do we not overstretch ourselves and affect the quality or you know put a strain on our family but reject you know, like we get offers to do things, whether it's for churches or whether it's for other, you know, social events and things. Mm-hmm. And like, we just can't do all of them. Yeah. And honestly, finding the balance between is that actually going to be profitable for us 
But then again, how much is it about us? It does not only about our, our profit. Like we yeah. need to be willing to engage and serve the community as well. So like where's the balance as business owners, but also as, as believers, you know, we yeah. want and our desire to make that difference. Cause so many people have given to us and done things that were not profitable for them yeah. and it's benefited us. Like we want to give back and do that too. So I think that's the, that's the hard thing. So the month of August, like her parents are gone. So that makes that they're gone for six months. So that really makes our decisions much easier. Like, I'm sorry, I can't handle a load that capacity. All I can handle yeah. right now is serving breakfast for two hours, you know, yeah. like it, so that, that helps. But I think, that's probably the biggest obstacle because you never want to offend people and but people are people and they will likely get offended they're like man he never does anything for us or i thought he was really community driven but yeah. they don't see the inside of like your heart is to serve everybody but you just don't have the capacity yeah so how do you how do you how do you navigate those situations with wisdom and with grace in a way yeah. that that they know that they're loved and that they're cared for and that you really do care about them but you just can't do it yeah. you know so yeah Hopefully people don't get offended at us, but but we also have to guard ourselves against offense at oh, people yeah. who might. Who yeah, because that's the enemy trying to get in there to nullify in your head what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like if you didn't do this, then you actually disqualified yourself from, you know, people, people hold grudges. I mean, dude, here, let me say this real quick. <laughs> like uh, I was posting about a part of one of these partnerships that we have with another local business um, and like how grateful I am because these people have been so incredible to us, right? Yeah. And somebody commented and said uh, they totally did this to us one time right and, yeah. and and we're just so deeply offended they're like I tell people don't even ever go there it's like I will never go back there and anybody else I can convince not to go back there I will not go back and it's like, I'm just thinking man like this one moment in time because I know the hearts of these people I was like I yeah. guarantee I guarantee you that was not their intention was to step yeah. on your toes you know yeah and if they would know they try to change it or make it right or yeah. something like that but also like for you like your judgment like that really traps a a person in a moment in time yeah. you know and it provides no room for growth and you don't yeah. see the journey that they're on as people as well like you you know what I mean like the yeah. whole thing and I'll say something about politics real quick and it might not even end up on the podcast I don't know but like with Donald Trump right like don't number one first first of all like if you're trying to get me to vote for him don't go out there and try to convince me that he's this super Christian who's even and get him to go misquote you know scripture yeah. talking at Liberty Universe like he don't make him out to be something he's not he's a man who's in need of the grace of God that's all he is right there but also don't don't send me a recording from 2004 where you know from from 15 years ago however long ago it was saying like this is how his view on women is it might still be, but at yeah. the same time, he might have grown as a person. You gotta allow for yeah. for the journey to take place, and you gotta yeah. believe that that God can really change hearts. He might not be a perfect person. I don't believe he is. I don't even I don't agree with a lot of the stuff that he thinks or says or does. But but I I also know that every single person on this planet is on a journey to wholeness. Yeah, and God wants them to encounter His love, and it's when they encounter that love that that's when things really start to take shape and change in their lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. So getting stuck in a moment in time is dangerous it's dangerous I, would, I know that I would hate for someone to take the 2004 2005 2006 2007 Whitley mm -hmm. and remember me that way yeah now, I'm not gonna go out and try to convince anybody else like you know it's before like, I hey, thought you know that's that's what I saw I was up to mm -hmm. then now I'm not you know absolutely I was yeah. I was not a good person you know yeah. and I'm sorry for how I wanted you you know or, yeah. or whatever so yeah no, anyway it's, it's important I think a lot of people a lot of people hide behind social media and they, yeah. they really can attack people and 
you know, I've, I've heard it said even on this podcast and other episodes, you know, hurting people hurt people. Yes. There's yeah. a lot of people out there that if you if you take them out of the context of what happened and you look and you 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 have the ability to to talk to them in that situation where they're upset, you're going to find out that it's not necessarily about your food or about the customer service. Mm-hmm. There's something going on in their lives and they're just it's just a bad day for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. people got to allow for bad days you gotta yeah. allow for bad seasons you know yeah one of the things uh, I don't even remember the context but it always stuck with me with, with concerning Jesus where you know uh, I think people had ended up who in one moment were like celebrating him and the next moment were ready to kill him and he's like but Jesus did not give himself like he, he guarded himself as a human from offense because it says he knew what was in man like he yeah. knows what man is capable of. He knows how how they're tossed to and fro by emotions and yeah. and by circumstances and pain and hurt. And you can never, you know, you never know what's going on in the life of another person, you know. And yeah. and sometimes, like if you're if your income and your life, your or your income or your business is tied to to your, you know, like I can go to work and have a bad day, and the company doesn't get discredited for that, yeah. right? But if I'm a business owner and I have a bad day, I lose like my business and I lose reputation as well. Yeah. You know, so you know it's, it's it's a difficult ground to to tread. But yeah, it's it's important that that people have grace for other people. Um, Whitley, I got one last question for you, and this is a deep one. When you look back on your wife and, and your kids and your business, international students, your community here in Auburn and around the world. When, when it's your time to, to leave this earth and go to heaven to meet your father, um, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want people to remember you by? So that's such a good question. Um, try to articulate it the best I can. You know, um, I think if you focus on the legacy itself, then like if I if I'm a legacy driven person, which I, of course I want to leave a, a really solid legacy that inspires people and stuff, and mm-hmm. but I know that if I live every day focused on the legacy itself, it's gonna keep me from being genuine because I'm gonna try to portray something to people that might not be reality in that moment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so like I think at the end of the day, and I thought about this a lot. I think at the end of the day, like I want I want people even on my grave, you know, my gravestone or my tombstone. Like just friend of God. Like at, seriously, at the end of the day, like I just I just want to be known as somebody who walked so closely and so in tune with Jesus. Every everything else will take care of itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I'm man, if I just maintain that intimacy. Like I, I tell people, like I want my that day when glory comes or when I pass over or whatever you want to call it, like. I want to walk so closely with Jesus right here, right now, that that moment will be as seamless and unsurprising as if I'd already been there. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's kind of like I find myself in His presence. You know, like what a tragedy it would be if I like see the face of Jesus and don't recognize His face. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how tragic would that be? Because you know, like a lot of times that we end up making making life about things that's not we even make the gospel about things that's not because we we talk a lot about heaven and hell but like like the gospel is not about going to about a place it's about knowing a person you know like when when I was separated from my wife for a while because she, and she was in China I was just home visiting we weren't separated yeah. but like, I, was in, I was in I was in the United States and she was in China man my heart longed 
to go back to China. But why? It's not because the food or the, was good, the culture was good. It doesn't it wasn't because China had streets of gold or I was going to get a mansion. Like that, that stuff was rubbish to me. It was just icing on the cake, you know, that I enjoyed China. It's because I actually got to be with the person I love most in the world. And if that's not my attitude towards towards Jesus, like is heaven even going to be heaven to me? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if it's not about the person, like. I feel like we have a tendency to like be gold diggers as Christians, you know, and to promote a message of being gold. Like, you know, here here's a here's a business related example, if I can, if I can. We went to the hospital one day to serve at EAMC. We got invited out by somebody who's just really, really sweet girl, a very incredible person. Uh-huh. And she's like, come out to the hospital, people really want to eat your food. And and as it turns out, people didn't really want to eat the food. Like that day we could tell the vibe was different, right? Whenever we were there. People came out to the truck because we were simply an alternative to the food offered in the cafeteria. Yeah. And there was, you know, when I sell in Auburn, people are pumped. They're like, I'm so excited. I've been waiting to try your food. Ah, you know, the vibe is different. But there it's like, so we came to a different option. Mm-hmm. It's like we treat Jesus like that so often. We're like, I don't want to go to hell. So I think I'll choose God, you know, like, and it's like, what a misrepresentation of his yeah. heart. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, anyway, at the, at the end of the day, I think for, for, my, for my parents, for my friends, for my you know, customers, for my children, I just, I want my, my life to display and that I walk very closely with Jesus. And it's evidenced. I mean, I don't just mean like in my words and in the grace I, you know, I give and the mercy I show and the generosity. I, I even mean the supernatural, you know, like I, I want there to be evidence that, that, that God is real and yeah. that he loves the person in front of me. You know, and that, that he can move in their life in a powerful way, whether it's, you know, healing their bodies, you know, opening blind eyes or, uh, you know, you know, removing cancer or, yeah. or whatever it might be that I believe that the kingdom has a very, if there is a kingdom, then there is a king and he rules and there, wherever there's a kingdom, there's a manifestation of that rule. Yeah. There's evidence of that rule. Right. And so, yeah. of course, I want my life to look to, 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 to display that but not apart from walking with the king. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just want to walk with the king, and I think that over the course of time, he's going to transform my mind. He's going to change my heart. He's going to mold me and shape me to look more like him, and then as a result, the world's going to change, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Man, I appreciate your time so much. Uh, I know you are crazy busy. you got lots going on. Uh, So, man, I appreciate it. Man, I'm like I am so honored to be here. Like I said, I just find it really nuts that I find myself in a situation where I can share with I don't know how many people are going to listen to this, but but the fact that I can take like to come here and you give me an opportunity to to share the testimony of God's faithfulness in our lives mm-hmm. and like why we do what we do, like I'm hoping and praying that whoever his, hears it, you know, yeah. will, will be impacted. There's by a it. there's a purpose behind God putting us together today. Right. Somebody, even if it's one person that listens to this podcast, yeah. that's going to be impacted by your story. I, I hope appreciate so. your time. I hope so. My pleasure. Thanks, bro. Hey, this is your host, Tony Oravet of the Leadership Legacy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this past episode. It would mean the world to me if you would go and rate this podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. Show notes and information on today's guest are on leadershiplegacy.show.com. 